Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Barron. Hey, Mr. Case. Lil Barron. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing good. Today's good. a good day. Yes. Yeah, looking forward to it. So, yeah. Lil. Yes. <laughs> we spend quite a lot of time on the show in our efforts <laughs> to help people live their best lives. We do. We talk, Absolutely. Yeah, we do spend a lot of time on it, don't we? <laughs> we As we should. <laughs> we talk about we talk about diet, we talk yes. about exercise, we talk about eating your vegetables, resistance training. Uh, we even talk about stretching and flexibility. And yoga. We've talked about yoga before, right? We talk about sleep. Yes. The importance cool. of sleep. Yes. Uh, just last week, we talked with Amy Twiggs and Lisa Lander about mental toughness. Yeah. And, you know, how to kind of get yourself mm -hmm. geared up and ready to compete and to train and things like that. Mm -hmm. We talk about competition mm -hmm. and the benefits of competing as athletes. And all these things are important. Yeah. Absolutely. These are things that are important to our overall health and wellness. It kind of helps paint a, a bigger picture of what wellness can be. Yes. Today, though, we're going to take a little bit of a shift. Okay. So today we're going to talk about financial wellness. Good. And hey, it makes sense. It right? does. It if does. You're, if you're worried about your finances and things are not lining up the way that they, they can, that can be a real mental, yeah, it can. emotional burden. Um, if you're wanting to compete in different places across the nation or even around the world, you got to have your finances in place. Mm -hmm. So there, there's an element there for, for, um, for, uh, you know, understanding finances and financial <laughs> wellness and financial stability and yes. how it works, right? Yes. You agree? I do agree. Okay. <laughs> so today we're going to visit with Dr. David Evans. Dr. Evans got his PhD at Ohio State University in the area of family resource management, and he fell in love with the field of financial planning while taking classes at the Fisher School of oh. Business. He has three children, and he spent 12 years as a Purdue faculty member, where in his final four years, he served as the director of the financial planning program. While there, Dr. Evans became obsessed with the idea of becoming a practitioner in the field of financial planning. The more he convinced his students <laughs> to join the profession, the more he convinced himself. So in 2022, he made the leap, and he now enjoys helping people live their best life through understanding and planning their finances. So Dr. Evans, thank you for joining us today. It is my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And to, to, to clarify, it's just that my students were making more money than me. And so I had to go see what they were doing out there. <laughs> As I said, there's something to understanding your finances, right? If you're, if you're smart enough to figure out that your students are making more money than you, then maybe there's room for a little bit of an adjustment, right? <laughs> No, that's oh, thank we're, you. We're really, really looking forward to yeah. our visit and uh, to kind of pick your brain and, and get a, a little bit of an understanding of uh, financial planning and what it looks like. I, I want to start us off with this uh, question right off the bat. What should you actually be talking with a financial advisor about? If, if you're trying to get a foundation <laughs> and get settled, what is it that you're supposed to be talking to your financial advisor about? You know, I think that's a great question. And, and, um, it, it, it actually was something that I used to avoid um, it, because it's usually the <laughs> um, it, it's usually the uh, the stuff that comes with soft skills. And so, um, what what I think most people don't don't realize is that we should be talking about our hopes and our dreams, our goals, and even our 
our purpose in life with a financial advisor. What do you think about that? Yeah. I like that. I, I mean, as too. a concept, I, I, I think um, yeah. I, that's probably not the first thing that I would have it's thought. It's not, right? Yeah. I would have thought like interest <laughs> well, me, rates let, and ROI. Yep. Yeah. You right? know, like let me elaborate just a little bit and... on that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I think um, I think for so long in our industry, um, the um, the idea that talking to a financial planner has it's permeated most of these discussions has been that somehow a financial planner can magically predict the future of the stock market and help you, you know, beat the returns that the regular stock market re, um, provides. And so most people, if they go into a relationship like that with a financial planner, end up becoming uh, dissatisfied, right? Because it just, that's just not possible. So, so hold on, hold on just a second. I just yeah. want to make sure I understand what you're saying. You're telling me that you as financial advisors can't tell the future? <laughs> I know. Do you guys just want to stop the call right now? Is it over? Because <laughs> I, I had way more questions for you about, uh, you know, where to, where to sock my money. So, right. Oh, no. Right. And, and so, of yeah. course, that makes sense. But I do think you're right, right uh, Dr. Evans. I do think that a lot of people enter that relationship with the anticipation that they're going to be able to say, yes, buy this many shares of this company and this yeah. many shares of this mutual fund. And then you're going to be a millionaire when you retire, because I know, because I've looked into the future and I've seen it. <laughs> I think, I think we kind of have that expectation. And yeah. I think you're right. When you enter a relationship like that, um, you're probably going to end up with some disappointment, right? Yeah. You're setting yourself up for failure. And so really um, whether you have, you know, $10 billion or $10,000, it's better to start out by asking yourself, what am I going to do with this money? Why does this money matter to me? And um, do I want more of it or am I good with what I've got? Uh, and so really starting out with those important questions can help you if you're growing your wealth to maybe focus a little bit better or to be more disciplined. And if you are holding on to that wealth and trying to use it, um, it'll help you to to not deplete it as quickly as as maybe you've seen in the news sometimes when someone wins the lottery within a year they're um, they're out of money yeah Yeah. and that's because they didn't they didn't really just sit down with someone and say what am i going to do with this they didn't they didn't incorporate the emotions and all of the the stuff that you know we we don't usually associate with money the soft skills yeah that makes sense to me. Uh, yeah. yeah, definitely. And and uh, again, I think approaching any relationship, you need to have you know measured expectations. Yeah, mm. it's a family relationship, a friendship, a, mm-hmm. you know, a romantic partner, whatever it is. Certainly, as we're talking about here in the professional services with your doctor, your dentist, yeah. uh, your mechanic, like you, you need to have <laughs> yeah. a certain right. amount yeah. of expectations. Right. Right? Yeah. So, so yeah. that yeah. kind of leads me to my next question, Doctor Evans, and and that is there. There is the, the industry of, of professional services exists because none of us can be experts in every single thing. Right. Right. Like right. I can't, right. I can't fix my car. I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. I definitely can't fill a cavity. Uh, in my mouth. <laughs> you know? so, so you go mm-hmm. to these professionals who are able to have the expertise to do the things that you can't do for yourself. Um, that being the case, financial advisors certainly fits within that. Um, although there are options, you know, free, um, online accounts where you can trade and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
But if you're planning on going to an advisor, how do you find the right one? And how do you know that you have somebody who's looking out for your best interest and isn't just like a high pressure mm-hmm. salesman because I get a higher commission on this mutual fund than I do on something that might actually be better for you in the long run? Okay. All right. Yeah. Great, great question. And you're right. There are there are actually a lot of great tools out there that are um, free of charge that you can that you can use to kind of give yourself an idea of how you're doing. I used to use one in class that Vanguard has on their website, and um, my students would just type in a few numbers, and it would tell you if you took out four percent of that amount for the rest of your life, you'd be just fine. And so we could make a few, we could pull a few levers and make some changes on that, and didn't cost us a penny. Um, but if you if you really want to, I mean, if, if you're first of all, if your financial life is a little bit more complex, even if you have um, if you just have a house, all of a sudden that free software is <laughs> is not good enough. And most people have a house, right? Because what are the tax implications of selling that house when or um, what if you rent the house out when you leave? So all of a sudden, free software, free programs, robo advisors, they become quickly very unuseful uh, when you just add a little bit of complexity to your life. So um so yes, we do. We do have a fantastic profession that we like to call um, financial planning, and financial planning usually is um, associated with a professional that has been trained to sit down with you, set some goals, and um, create a, a couple of scenarios, maybe two or three scenarios, in which you are. Um, going to head down a path to financial success, however you define that. So, um, when you're so when you're, but when you're just about ready to decide who should I trust, um, you're kind of standing on a beach, looking into an ocean full of sharks, um, <laughs> you know, and in uh, the lifeguard. Um, sometimes I. I I actually drew a little um, political cartoon about that. The lifeguard is the U.S. government, maybe the SEC, and they and they're actually not there sometimes. <laughs> so they're, yeah. they're not really paying attention. They're, on, they're off duty, right? They're, yeah, they're off duty. Yeah. So it's really up to you to kind of figure this out. Um, and one of the rule, one of the quick rules of sums I, I like to use is if you've ever heard of the company, then they're probably just selling you a product. So honestly, if you've ever actually heard of that company, and there's nothing wrong with that, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong. They probably have good products, but you should know that they're probably more like a grocery store than a law firm, right? They probably have things that you can buy on a shelf mm-hmm. that they make money off of than advice to give you that really is for your best interest. So there's nothing wrong with a grocery store. There's nothing wrong with a law office to just know that if you've ever heard of the company, you're probably going to be buying their products. And if you haven't, you may um, you may have found an actual financial planning firm. And uh, one thing to quickly kind of identify a financial plan, one financial planning firm from the other. Can I go on to that, or, or do you yeah, guys please do. want to stop here? Okay. <laughs> so now, so now that we've now that we've decided which companies are grocery stores and which companies are law firms, right? <laughs> um, and we're looking at uh, financial planning firms. Um, there's so there's so many of these little guys out there too. Yeah, 
So another quick rule of thumb, and this is where um, there's some very technical, maybe not technical, but there's a very minute difference, but it makes, or there's a very minute uh, difference that, that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, one type of firm might, might say that they are fee only, okay? And one type of firm might say they're fee-based. They sound almost almost exactly the same. Yeah, Yeah. you can already see that we're getting into subtleties here that (laughs) slip by most people, right? So what would be the difference between fee-only and fee-based? Yeah, they will slip by, and they do slip by, and the people who know that they will slip by use it very commonly. So maybe I'll I'll quiz you guys. Which one do you guys think (laughs) um, is actually a firm where someone, where where the planners earn a commission? Off of the sale of some products. Do you think that happens at a fee only or a fee based firm? So I have no idea. So Me either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flip coin I would <laughs> yeah. I would have said fee based. That's, That's what, what I, I fee based, right. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Fee based. But if you'd never heard of fee only, good job, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One. <laughs> <laughs> One point. One point. Right. So if you'd never heard of a fee only firm, if that word had never crossed your path then hearing the word fee-based or the phrase fee-based would, wouldn't really conjure up in your mind the idea that someone might not be um, giving all of their attention to you, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it's a little tricky. So fee-based means that the, the firm that you're talking to is going to give you advice and they're going to help you out and they're going to write up a plan, but they may have... Um, they, they may have a relationship with an insurance company or they may have a relationship with a mutual fund company. And occasionally they may, they may, um, they may get a bigger benefit from selling you or convincing you to use a product from their, from their partner company. Um, and so they'll, they'll suggest that, that particular product. Uh, we'll come back to whether or not that's a good, good or bad thing, but let's jump over to fee-only. A fee-only financial planner um, really has to, I guess, set him or herself apart. Um, I work for one of those uh, firms, and the, the firm that I work for has really done um, a good job of making sure that almost nobody in here, I don't think anybody in, even in here is licensed to sell anything at all. Mm. We can't, none of us here can actually sell anything because we're not licensed to do that. At a, um, at a fee-only firm, uh, we cannot accept commissions. And um, and if we do, then we can't call ourselves fee-only. So fee-only is really for the financial, in the financial planning world, being able to call yourself a fee-only firm is kind of like being able to, you know, start around with a, a top hat and a cane and a monocle, you know. There's <laughs> <laughs> so, money bags on monopoly. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Because you you can kind of send a message that hey, um, you know, we don't need we don't need an insurance company to survive. We don't need a brokerage firm to survive. We don't need a mutual fund company to survive. We can survive on the fees that we charge our 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 clients. So I'm going to stop there. How are we doing? <laughs> well, this makes sense. Yeah, it does. That makes sense. This, okay, is, a good, this yeah. is a good understanding of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So when, uh, yeah, so that, and, and that's really, um, it's a, it's a tricky thing. And now what I will say now, because sometimes people get, um, and get into the trap of, um, being self-righteous about this, right. Um, a fee only firm is no better than a fee-based firm. You're not, you can't guarantee that you'll get better advice at a fee-based firm or better returns. Or, 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 or better returns or better anything from either one of those places. The only thing that you know is that the way the fees are charged is is restricted at a fee-only firm to just the fees they can collect from you, um, either by a check that you write to them, or maybe they just debit your investment account or something like that. But they can't they can't get paid in any other way. Um, and I know some fee-based firms that are run by phenomenal financial planners who uh, who have all the right designations. And sometimes they would like to be fee-only firms, but they choose not to be because if they if they became a fee-only firm, they would have to get rid of some of their favorite clients. Yeah. And <laughs> and they don't want to do that because some of their favorite clients have insurance products that are um that are attached to commissions and those clients like those products and they don't want to get rid of those products. So the planner thinks, Hmm, well, do I drop my favorite client so that I can, you know, put on the monocle and strut around the top hat (laughs) or in the top or, or do I just live my life and enjoy, you know, enjoy the relationships that I have. So, um, so we, we, you do, we do have, we do struggle sometimes with uh, self-righteous, um, feelings as fee-only financial planners. Uh, in fact, there is a whole um, there is a uh, an organization called the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors, and I'll send you guys um, a link to that association so that maybe you can put it on a website yeah. for your listeners to to check out. Because in that organization, um, you'll find h- hundreds, I think, maybe hundreds of advisors who who are fee-only advisors mm-hmm. and. You can kind of poke around. And I know there's a few out West because so, you're out, out there and I tried to find one for my mom who lives up in Kaysville. So, yeah. So, so that's, um, yeah, that's tough. Worth, I think it's worth just reiterating. You mentioned this, but mm-hmm. I, just, I just want to reiterate there. There is no guarantee that a fee only or a fee based advisor is going to give you better results. It's just it's just a designation of the way that you receive your your paycheck as an advisor, and then there is the added, I guess, understanding that you want to have that you know sometimes there are commissioned products that they're going to lean towards um, mm-hmm. versus a, a, a non commissioned product. That doesn't yep. mean that product is bad. No, that doesn't correct. Mean, doesn't correct. return. It, I mean, it doesn't mean that there's you know, there's a, a long-term detriment to right. investing in that. It's just a different way to approach things. But if but right. if you are looking and you want full transparency and you want to fully understand, um, you know, how how your advisor is is being paid, then it sounds to me like a fee-only relationship would provide that. Perfect. Is that very, very well done? Very well done. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And unfortunately it does take all those words to do that though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty good at adding words. I, I, I have a tendency to add all the words, all of them. So. He's got that down. 
Let me ask you this quick question. Um, so, yeah. so let's say that we're going to go down the road of a fee only. Um, yeah. What's a reasonable fee? Like, what should we expect mm, yeah. to, to yeah, pay yeah, for, for a, a financial advisor? Boy, see, isn't that crazy? So now we're we're deep inside the rabbit hole, and we've we've come to another fork in the road. Okay. So, <laughs> so the question here is: um, Do you want to? Um, do you want your fee to come out of your investment account and not really know that it's leaving, right? <laughs> um, or do you want to write a check um, and and pay maybe a a flat, what they call a flat fee? Yeah. So I'll, sim- I'll I'll simplify it down to two two ways because there's there's there are actually several. Um, one is called assets under management, and we we give that the um, the AUM title, assets under management. And then we have the flat fee. So those are kind of the two competing um, fee structures within the fee-only universe. Um, Assets under management is uh, sort of the original kind of uh, old school way of doing things, but it's so good that it's not really going anywhere. Um, And so, what happens there? Let's say you have, and we're, so we're going to make you guys pretty rich here, maybe, or maybe, please, maybe I'm going to take money that. away from you. Maybe I'm going to take money away from you. I don't know. I can guarantee <laughs> you you're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll, we'll use some easy numbers. So if you have a million dollars sitting in an investment account, and, and you have the only advisor who's managing that money for you, um, they will probably charge you about 1% or $10,000 every year. And they'll probably split that up into quarterly payments and you'll make those um, right out of your account. They might not even notice, you might not even feel it. Um, but that's how the assets under management works. Now, if your account grows, so do your fees because fees are associated with the amount of money that's in your account. But that's not a problem because you're getting wealthier. Right. Right, <laughs> you are right. right, and so so you benefit when, or the, the excuse me, the financial planner benefits at the same at the same time. So right. you're yeah. both benefiting; it's mutually beneficial, right? So I think that's why it's not going anywhere. Not disappear, think, right. yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and so those, and and that's where you can you can either negotiate or you can um, you can compare because you can talk to people who use that model and say, well, the guy down the street is charging me, you know, is going to charge me 1%, but you're charging me 1.2%. So, you know, what's the, uh, why are you two tenths of a percent better? Right, right. right. Yeah. And, and and make them answer that question, you know, put their feet to the fire. Um, if you don't want to mess with any of that, you can, you, you can usually find these days someone who's brave enough to go down this new path called flat fee, um, the flat fees using the flat fee structure and you're, you know you're, you're probably going to find that at a, at a law firm right you're used to hearing things like right. a retainer fee right yeah. <laughs> there's a retainer fee so uh, some, some financial planners have decided you know what i think that's a good idea i'm going to just start charging a retainer fee maybe it could be annual it could be monthly it could be hourly um, but my clients are going to know exactly how much they're going to pay every year and it's never going to change and in fact, it's a lot easier for the planner too. They don't have to 
calculate every on. single person's rate. Yeah. Um, Just play it on. So. It. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, so those are the two ways. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dr. Evans. That's all the yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Obviously, there's more to unpack here. <laughs> right. This is this is a whole thing for sure. But uh, we're yep. we're grateful for your time, yes. and for your expertise. I think you definitely. Oh. Lil and I yeah. a couple of things to think yeah. about, especially the Good. idea of having a million dollars in a savings account. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> we uh, we are grateful for your time, yes, and your expertise, you. and I uh, wish you all the best. And uh, my pleasure, my pleasure. Th- thanks for the information. Right. Yeah, that was interesting stuff, right? And it wasn't really painful for me. I really <laughs> not I, overly. No, painful. Right. no. Well, just a couple of things to get us out of the show. A couple of quick reminders. Um, ind- individual registration is now open and it, it has been for several days. Don't delay. Now <laughs> is the time to get registered for right. Aspen World Senior Games. You can do that as well as find schedules, rules, frequently asked questions, all the stuff that you mm-hmm. need to know about the games at seniorgames.net. Be sure to take full advantage of early bird pricing, yes. which will be in effect until August 1st. Mm-hmm. So you have some time, but sometimes our sports fill up. Yes, so don't do. delay. <laughs> Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show and turn it into a podcast and you can subscribe pretty much anywhere Mm -hmm. that you find your favorite podcasts. You can also find this and previous shows right on our website at SeniorGames.net so check that out there. Today's inspirational thought. Okay. I like this one. You don't have to have it all figured out to move forward. Just take the next step. Hmm. Until next Thursday. Stay active.